Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One, two, three. Hello there and welcome back. Uh, This week, the voices in my head are back. Last week we had an issue. Yeah, we had an issue where all the voices had disappeared, so there was simply no episode last week. Um, I just completely lost all the voices in my head, so you would have just heard me talking to myself for a couple of hours, and nobody wants that, do they? So it was mildly entertaining. (laughs) So I didn't get to see it. Yes. So uh, Jordan was missing. The majority last week. Uh, Jay is missing this week because he is busy at work. So you are just stuck with me, Stefan, and Jordan. So enjoy. God knows what. God and knows. I was only forty minutes late this week. <laughs> and I was like half an hour, an hour and a half early. You feel that? You were. We were trying to figure out. We were trying to set it up on my phone to t- test a couple of things, but also that I might get called away at some point. But. It, one of the things was we got a useful test where we saw how long it would take for it to basically kick off and kick me out of the recording if I was on my phone and I locked my phone and things like that. Uh, it turns out about three minutes, so uh, not very good for doing outside recordings. Because it gets pissy. Yeah, it does work if I keep the phone screen unlocked and I keep busy on the phone, basically. But the issue with that is it drains the battery very quickly, so and and the volume isn't very good. We found out that the volume on uh, where was it on the headphones that I've got that are basically used as hand-free headphones for when you're driving. They just slapped off the mic. <laughs> yep, that I just slapped off the mic. Uh, they're not very good, unfortunately. So, yay! I know your pain, Kyle. I know your pain. Yes. Jordan's wearing his pixelated face. He is. It's a mask. <laughs> He's going to rob one. Oh, he's going to touch your arsehole. I'm not sure which one, Kyle. You're at risk. That's Kyle, that's <laughs> Oh, God. I'm sorry. Sorry, Kyle. You're on your own. Uh, I'm I'm always on my own. You you were the voices in my head, so you can't do anything that's to true. me that I haven't already done to myself. Oh, that's worrying, especially after the conversation we just having. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good thing. I'm I'm coming out my shell again. Who's Michelle? Michelle the Keen. What? <laughs> All right, okay. Then. I I don't want to know what's going on. I said I'm coming Don't. Shell. Uh, you see, this is the issue with me having voices in my head, people, is that I don't even know what my brain's talking about. He's, he's like Sheldon when he meets all the Sheldons. I am, honestly. Oh, Sheldon's himself. Yes. Uh, anyway. Well, I'm going to be doing something. Yes, I'm going to move on to the first topic, because we do have topics, as usual, and one of the topics is basically what I think we should do at some point if we ever start losing people on our company, and that is, a lot of you might have oh, seen oh, hold this on, are on you going to start media. executing staff? No. 
Although it's oh, highly okay. tempting. Uh, oh, no, it's the, highly plausible as well. That's a worrying thing. Some of you might have remembered there was a bit of a like funny thing about this on Twitter and Tumblr and Reddit and all those bits and pieces a while ago. It was uh, 2017, actually, so it's a few years now. But um, it was when, basically, Britain had a really hated train company. Uh, I don't know how you can hate a train company, but it's Southern Rail. So the fact that it's Southern answers all the questions there. That's why it's hated. That explains it. Um, but basically, the they were having a really bad time and they were having issues getting pub, good pl- publicity and getting people to actually ride on the trains and everything. So what they decided to do was put a 15-year-old in charge of its social media account for a bit. Just a random 15-year-old or was it selected? Was it selected? Well, yeah, okay. It's 15-year-old. Was it selected? Uh... It was, I I think it was a selected 15-year-old. I don't think they just randomly went up to a 15-year-old on the street and went, can I just have you come and run our company's social media for a bit? Isn't that part of the fun? I suppose. Um, Basically, the company had a dispute with, fuck's sake, this thing's loading ads and it's shoving everything off off (laughs) camera. Uh, it was embroiled with in long disputes with drivers, you with its drivers union, and it usually ended in strikes and cancellations and stuff, which ranked a bomb in a nationwide satisfaction survey, which you don't really have to rank highly to get at the top of it. You just have to be on time, which is something British trains fail to do most of the time. Uh, but the the job of the social media team would usually be to soak up the anger and frustrations of thousands of commuters left stranded, which of course is usual. You, when you get pissed off with a company, you send messages on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. So it decided to put Eddie, a 15-year-old student, in for work experience. So he was selected, sort of. He was already in for work experience. It decided to put him in charge of its Twitter feed. Risk. And it was a beautiful car crash in the making. Because the first thing he put up was, Hi, Eddie here, here on work experience and ready to answer your questions. One of the quickest replies was just, Hashtag pray for Eddie. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was a legitimate response. <laughs> that is just Twitter in a nutshell. Uh-huh. Uh, so, sure enough, soon enough... Of course, he was confronted with complaints about the service, de- depictions of his bosses as the Dark Lord Sauron, which I think is something Jay would do, and, enthu- and uh, enthusiastic predictions that Britain's railways will soon be nationalised. Uh, so, one of the things he got asked was, uh, some of the f- more friendly ones, sorry, were things like, Hi Eddie, hope you're enjoying work experience. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the inevitable nationalisation of the railways? <laughs> uh, one one person put up, uh, he was sort of hashtagging all the Southern Rail and Southern Fail and everything, and it said, uh, mm-hmm. reliant on overtime, reliant on work experience kids. Uh, so, to which he responded, "We're showing a 15-year-old the wonderful world of work today. Appreciate if you could lay off the abuse for a bit." No, that's not how the internet works. Uh, and one, one of them was also, "Does that mean that you're working for free?" Uh, to which Eddie responded, "Yep, just here for the experience." 
Ja, oh, the poor bastard. Some. The sad thing is, he got some not safe for work messages and basically abuse sent to him, oh, to which his supervisor, Neil, ended up having to send out a message saying, Hi, Eddie is only 15, so if we could keep this clean, that would be very much appreciated. Please tell me it's Neil Armstrong. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but ultimately, to be fair though, probably most abuse there, the fifteen-year-old would probably come up with better abuse. Uh, to be fair, ev- no, no, it is. Honestly, though, it it ended up eventually in a friendly chit chat between Eddie and a host of well-wishers, many under the hashtag Ask Eddie. So one of them was, "Hi, Eddie. My question is, what's the air velocity of a swallow?" So to which Eddie replied, hi, for an unladen swallow, it is 50 to 65 miles per hour. Hashtag Google. So well, at least he's honestly so, Googled it. Yeah, he literally just sat there and Googled it. Uh, one person said, uh, will Villa get promoted next season? So Ed, Eddie, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie replied, couldn't say I support the better Claritans blue side, although I would love to see them back up. Oh, that's one for John. <laughs> and no one was, hi, I don't think so, but you never know there could be a girl that can. I don't know what that was replying to, but he replied to someone like that. I'm assuming someone was asking him for relationship advice. Uh, there's, a, there's someone out there for everybody. Exactly, it's adorable. Is, well, hold on, why is Jordan being nice? Uh, I don't know, Jordan, why are you being nice? Usually you would be up on this kid's back more than a lot of people. <laughs> we'll make so, Jordan sound so horrible. Don't, don't put that in the sentence either. What? Well, I'm in a good fell today. He is in a good fell. You're in a very good fell. I like it. He's he ha- very smiley. It's weird. He has one for you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to find the... Because it's still loading bits and pieces. Uh, One was... um. One was very much a question that Stefan would ask, which was, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? 100 duck-sized horses? Every, that's not even a question. Uh, well, the, the, he answered, 100 duck-sized horses, a horse-sized duck would be pretty scary. You? See? Actually asked back you, I'm a question for it. Uh, then he got an yeah. urgent question. Which was, Eddie, would you rather have rollerblades for feet or chopsticks for hands for the rest of your life? He replied, rollerblades for feet. I feel like I would get used to them pretty quickly and be able to get places quicker. No, I say I would go chopsticks for hands because when people are annoying, you just stop them. <coughs> nah. You just bit and then just be like, well, I just poked them. Nah. It was right. not my officer, it was a chopstick. Stefan, you take over for a bit. I have inevitably been called away. I know it's only been like 10 minutes, but I have actually legitimately been called away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, sorry, um, but I'll be back in a bit. Right, okay. So... The zoo is about to be released. I've got good talent. <laughs> I mean, the zoo is about to be released, you little dickhead. I've... <laughs> uh, well, it's not actually a topic, but since you're here, Jordan, remember my death list of people? Yeah. They were going to die. Well, I found one online. It's not my personal death list. Mm. Uh, but there's five out of the 50 people dead now. So there is obviously Murray Walker, which, which is a sad one. There's Leon Spinks mm. and obviously Captain Tom Moore. But... God, there's, there's also 
Rush Lim, Lim, Limbaugh, 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 Rush Limbaugh. The, uh, yep, political commentator, and George Schultz, a politician who was 101. Okay. So, yeah, that's, thought I'd just check in on that, but there's still, there's still a lot of, a lot of people. Um, Prince Philip's still going. Prince Philip is still going. He is top of this list. He's been top of this list for three years in a row. <laughs> the determined to kill him off. <laughs> no, no, peasants. I want uh, to I want to see my Lizzie go to 100. Uh, I, I, I don't know which one. I don't know which one to talk to you about first, to be honest. Um, I will start with... Um, <laughs> this one's kind of a one for Andy, but he's not here. The difference between a penis and a phallus. <laughs> Do you know? No, I don't. Uh, I'm not Googling it either. <laughs> basically, um, the phallus refers to the imagery. So the idea of something, if you're talking about something, you can't actually see it. Right, if or if you're it's a, a person and you can't see behind above your back, yeah, belly, then, you <laughs> then it's a phallus because <laughs> it might not be there. No, uh, yeah, a phallus is Schrodinger's penis. It may or may not be there. <laughs> no, it's like if you a, a phallus is a drawing of a penis or a, like uh, like Michelangelo's David. It's not a real penis. It's a depiction of a penis. Um, or technically. A mammal has a penis, everything else has a phallus. So a turtle has a penis, but it's not a mammal, so it's a phallus. But then people argue about that and say it's still a penis because it exists and it's a real Got thing you. and it works. But, but then I found something amazing out for which I'm going to have to screen share. Right? I was just saying, I'm the only one on the podcast that hasn't screen shared yet. Is that because you haven't worked out how to? No, I know how to. You press screen and it gives you the option to share it. Right. If you... And I'm just going to screen share this with you now. Oh, hold up. There we go. So you should be able to see my screen and anybody watching should be able to see my screen. If you Google the cross-section of a, a turtle's penis, it looks like a ninja turtle. What's what looks like the head of a ninja turtle? Look! Well, it does. It looks like Michelangelo. That's a cross-section of a turtle. I don't know what's going on here. Um, That's not a similar image, Google. That looks like something G.R. Kyle would search. <laughs> That's not a similar image. But yeah, the cross-section of a turtle's penis looks like that. No, it doesn't. It looks like, it looks like a ninja turtle. Yeah, it looks like Michelangelo. Yeah. Demetello. 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 Have you got anything you want to talk about, by the way? Well, I did try to get something off Kyle, but he was like, you've got everything, so... I've got a lot of things. So I've found as well... Oh, well, should we stick with penises? Why not? spoke about everything else in this podcast <laughs> right do you know if you have a see if you some people can be born with no eyelids 
right? Yeah. Or you could be in an accident, you could have your face burnt, you could have no eyelids, right? The problem with it is you'd think, right, you'd just skin graft, wouldn't you? Same as you would for anywhere else in your body. Right? Huh. Kettle's the... back. Ah, kettle's back. Soon, soon. You okay. Ash at me again. It's all right. But... So, if if you you could you could be born or you could have an accident, you could be left with no eyelids. Yeah. Right. So you think, well, that's all right. You could just skin graft it the same as you could anywhere else. But the problem is your eyelids are so thin and they're quite hard to move with the muscles that are in them kind of thing. So I was looking, first of all, there's people who lose the ability to open or shut their eyes because the, the muscles on their eyelids are too weak. Um, this is a big problem back in the day. And they used to uh, attach gold thread because you couldn't see it, but it was really strong. And they would use the gold thread to actually manually open and shut their eyes. They couldn't, still couldn't do it with the muscle. They'd have to... Yeah. Why wouldn't you just gold do that? Thread. Gold thread. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a gold thread. But anyway, the the skin skin on your eyelids is too thin to replace with normal skin for most parts of your body. But one of the best places, and this has been done many times, right? Is your penis? Is your foreskin? Your foreskin. Your foreskin is the best bit of skin to replace your eyelid with. Please tell me you are joking. No. no, and I'm a little bit concerned about what then, do you then have no foreskin? Is that like, are you circumcised? It's still in your body, does that count? This has been relocated. I think you're classed as phallus? circumcised in that case, dude. I don't think you would still be classed as uncircumcised. But it's still on your body, it's just been moved. You just have to, stick, you just have to use your eye instead of your penis. Yeah, I think it specifically has to be on your penis for it to be... It still covers an eye, sometimes. An eye. Not the one it did originally. <laughs> Not your cap's eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the word wall thinking. Oh, hey. Oh, Jesus uh, but the good, the, good, the good thing about this is I found a, I found a headline. And I am reading directly here. Woman furious after operation to play an eyelid with foreskin leaves her cock-eyed. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold the fuck on. <sighs> I understood it when it was a man. What the fuck? Kyle. Where did they get the foreskin for her? Well, I don't know, but I will read it. The, the best thing about it. Ivy Strab Strabismus uh, is a 27-year-old tore her eyelid clean off during an attempt to follow an extreme makeup tutorial on YouTube. <laughs> the tutorial recommended that viewers use a pin to apply mascara at each eyelash individually. Unfortunately for Ivy, a passing truck honked its horn, startled the woman, causing her to slice her own eyelid off. First of all, she's lucky she isn't blind. That's what you get for being an idiot and following what social media says. Um, but when Ivy woke up, she found herself to be completely cockeyed. Oh. It's not the fucking procedure that's done that. That's her stabbing herself with a needle. No. It says, doctors were unable to reattach the eyelid, but moved quickly to replace it with a small flap of foreskin. Right? However, she was quoted as saying, the worst thing is that my eye produces a cheesy discharge if I don't thoroughly clean it every day. Oh, no. <laughs> and then she said... 
I can't see if I'm coming or going. <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. That's just wrong. So yeah, uh, foreskins for eyelids. But that... I, found something on, I found something on the internet, but it's not to do with penises, it's to do with farting. It's fart facts. Hold on then, John. Uh, because I'm going to stick with the parts of your body that shouldn't be in the place that they are. So there's a type. Oh, this is this is brilliant. So there's a type of surgery called osteoodontokeratoprosthesis or OOKP. Right. Please, te- please tell me it's to do with the shortest or smallest thing you can replace, just because it's got the longest name of any fucking procedure I've ever heard of. Do you want to know? Well, do you know what osteo? I've recognised the term osteo. Is that like something like osteoporosis and stuff like that? Right, so what's that to do with, Jordan? I'm not sure. Right, orthodontist. That's... Orthodontist? Yeah, like orthodontist, so that's dental. Right, and keratoprosthesis, so it's something prosthetic. Do you want the common name for it? Okay, I'm going to say, is it an artificial penis or something? No, it's to do with, you don't know, so it's to do with dentistry and it's to do with prosthesis. Prosthetic tongue? No. Do you want to know the common word, the common? Prosthetic No, it's called tooth and eye surgery. What? It's a specialist procedure in which you remove the patient's tooth insert a tiny lens inside it, then they usually put it into a part of your body, i.e. your shoulder, and let it acclimatize to the cells with stem cells to grow, and then a few months later, they then take it out and put it where your eye should be. It's a tooth for an eye. Jordan, do you want to see some images? The last time we seen an image was saw a ninja turtle. Oh, 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 had the brain bonkers idea to replace an eye with a tooth. Jordan, do you want to see a man who's got an eye for a tooth? Well, for a start, Kyle, it's apparently quite effective in curing some blindness that wouldn't otherwise be cured. I mean, I've heard it, like, last week, was it last week or the week before, we did the topic where it was, they could put in, like, an artificial lens and stuff, they're working on artificial lenses to give blind people basically fuzzy TV black and white vision to be able to sense stuff. Yeah. It was. It's well, sort of Jordan, the same thing where it's not perfect vision, or is it literally it will give the vision back? I will say one thing, Kyle. It's fucking terrifying to look at. I think I'd rather just go around with an eye patch. Jordan. Tell me you can see my screen. Yes. Tell me that's not terrifying. That is terrifying. What about this one? Does it look like something from a horror film? It looks like something that you would see in Soul. Oh, Jordan, no. I can't just... <laughs> oh, yeah. nah. <laughs> Tooth and eye surgery. But bloody hell. Tooth and eye surgery, that's... Yeah. Did you get any cases where it's both eyes, or is it always just one eye? In which case, it's... Do you have the eye taken out, or just left, and because we're an eye patch? 
Yeah, no, I think it's one I saw. For example, there was um, one of the ones I showed Jordan. I'll show you the images later. I'll send you them. Um, but one of the images I showed Jordan, it's a blind guy, and you can tell that he's blind in one eye, but the other one has the, the tooth with the lens in, which is fucking freaky. Oh, I'm not squeamish, but Jesus Christ. Oh, I've got I've got some for Kyle. I've got some great ones for Kyle. Kyle, one of the ones you missed out on was if you, you know we're talking about turtles, and if you take a cross section of the penis, it looks like a ninja turtle. Looks like Michelangelo and Demetrio. Demi- it's not Demetrio. He's a footballer. <laughs> it's not Donatello. He's Donatello. Donatello, yeah. Hey, Kyle. I'm never going. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to look at a. I'm never going to watch Teenage Ninja Turtles again the same way. I mean, at least we know where they got the mutant part of the name. So, Kyle. Yes. Right. Um, do you know how young you have to be to have a firearms license in the UK? Uh, I believe it's I would say about, about 21, but you have to have a legitimate reason for doing it. Such, uh, I'm going to say 21 or 18, because they're usually the two that are thrown around. But I'm going to throw in a spanner. Or 25. Words, but I'm going to say 16. And I'm going to say if you you have to have valid reason though, for the license, such as farmhand needing to get rid of pests, that sort of thing. But I'm going to say you can use one if you're 16, but you have to have a license too. Or be under okay. supreme supervision. You have to be 14 years old before you can be granted a firearm certificate, but you must be able to prove, prove to police that you have a good reason for possessing the firearm to which you wish to use, i.e. a rifle. You also have to show that you have somewhere suitable to use it. 14 to 17. Okay. Do you know how old you have to be for a shotgun license? I'm about to say, does that... When it says firearm, does that just mean like air rifle type thing, or does that mean like legit uh, gun, oh, gunpowder, smoke and fire? Yeah, I would assume. I would assume that it's um, uh, like it would be rifle, like uh, air rifle or something. Jordan, <laughs> Google that you're not allowed to join in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a Titan, bitch. Yeah, I can see you. Yeah, Got a camera. I can hear you. Uh, Kyle. Would you like to guess how you how old you have to be to have a shotgun license or shotgun certificate? I think that one's eighteen because I think it's a legitimate firearm, isn't it? Right. To use the weapon without supervision of an adult, you have to be twenty-one. Right. Okay. Until you are fifteen, children and teenagers under. All right. So, um. To children, teenagers under 18 are also banned from purchasing or hiring any firearm or ammunition. So you can't buy any firearm or ammunition before you're 18. Once you are 15, you can use a shotgun and adult supervision, but you can't use one unsupervised until you're 21, right? But to apply for a shotgun certificate, the age you have to be in the UK is two. Two? What? There is no minimum age for applying for a shotgun certificate. However, when you fill in the form, you have to have someone referee for you to say they've known you for at least two years and that you're sound of mind, so technically two. That is retarded as fuck. <laughs> you can't do anything when you're 15, whether you've got adult supervision or not. You're not allowed to hold one, but you can have a license when you're two. That, that's just 
pure insanity, ridiculous retardedness. And I'm not surprised it's a UK law, honestly, but I'm more surprised it's not an American law. Yeah. So that, that's I a, that's expect that to be an American law, giving a baby a fucking shotgun, but... No, that's a UK thing. I like to think that they've tried to rectify it by saying you can't buy and <laughs> stuff like that. But you can just buy you you can get an adult to buy your ammo if they're dumb enough to give a two year old a fucking license to shoot a shotgun. They're gonna be dumb enough to buy it ammunition. Hell's getting pissy already. I like it. Right, can I go on my fart, my fart and trivia? You can do a couple, but we're not yeah, staying on yeah. fart and trivia for weeks. <laughs> no, there's only there's like fourteen facts. <laughs> for fuck's sake! Right, okay. That's funny. Some of them. Come on then. Set yourself away. The first fact, the first fact is chewing gum can make a person fart more. Okay. Is that why my dad used to fart all the time when he was trying to give up smoking? That may have been the chemical difference as well, to be honest, Kyle. Uh, there's also <laughs> pills that, like that make your farts smell like roses. There are also Father Christmas fart pills. Which we like covered this in like the second or third ever episode that we did because I found out that I had farts pills make farts smell good and we're going to order some. I've still got the website saved. We did. We also found glitter farts. We did find glitter farts. It was glitter farts and shit pills or something like that. Right. Third one is... If you hold farts in during the day, they'll just come out when you sleep. Yes. I don't hold in farts during the day. Neither do I. I don't know if you've noticed. Ooh. Held in fart enter your bloodstream and are bad for your body. See? Better out than in. You do say that. Who uh, did? Do you know, do you know how... Um, Lasses say that they don't fart, the fluff. Or John, no. Well, women average seven farts a day. Right, hold on a second. Women, w- women average seventy farts a day. Okay. Seven. Seven. Seven, Kyle. Seven. That would. I was amazed at that, but I wouldn't put it past biology. Uh, my dear girl, do you fart seven times a day on average? No. No, okay. I've got IBS. Yeah, okay, she's got IBS, so yeah, there we go. So it depends on if she eats cheese as well, she's lactose intolerant. Um, and I think Stefan disproves this fact as well, because men apparently fart 12 day- times a day. Oh, I definitely fart one 12 times a day. Hopefully this works. I don't know if it will, but I'm going for it. I'm splitting headphones with her so she can hear what you're saying. So she can talk this is dangerous. We've got oh a guest, and if not, she can take over for me and giggle at your dumbass nut. Because we're off to KFC now. No, you're staying on the mic, you dick. Where's, oh, my, where's my KFC? I'm staying on the mic, but I'm putting my seatbelt on. Not yet, right. Anyway, Jordan. Anyways, um, soaking beans for 12 hours in water before they are cooked can reduce flatchism. Flatchism? After consumption. Soaking beans, what? Soaking beans for 12 hours. So, what, like, as so, soaking, as in you soak some beans, or as in you soak yourself in beans for 12 hours? Like so, no, soaking the beans. All right. Uh, they can reduce flatulence after consumption. Well, big beans. Also, 
No, it just it just says soaking beans. Soaking what beans? Any beans? Any beans? Okay. What do you soak beans in? Water. Soup. What are you, dumbass? Tomato sauce and then the baked beans and then that that doesn't reduce flatulence. <laughs> no, that increases it because they're known as fart bullets. <laughs> Or in for you, the known as fuel. <laughs> fuel. On be on, on all beans like baked beans and stuff soaked already no. because they've been sitting no. soaking in tomato no. the tomato sauce. But it doesn't. I don't know if that counts. I think it means soaking in water. Oh, Will's contributing. Hi, Will. Hi, Will. Soaking in brine. Hi, Will. Brine or pickled beans. <laughs> Liquid salty farts. I don't think pickled beans would would, would reduce farts. I would, I would try pickled beans. Pickled yeah, beans. You're honestly honest Kyle. I'm pickling beans. No, you're not. Fuck's sake, Kyle, right. We've done a bad thing. Right, next thing. Scuba divers cannot pass gas at depths of 33 feet or below. Challenge accepted. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm trying to prove the French wrong by staying underwater for like, what is it, 60 days or some shit like that? Right. Stephen, I think it's like 100 days or something. Yeah. Stephen, if you, you thought... have a voice at the minute, you've got the more control and everything. So, can you please announce the beautiful thing, which is we had a £10 donation? We Yeah, we have had donations. Uh, I, I don't know the full details of it. Jay got excited because we'd been. Uh, we we we've been donated. We haven't been donated, have we? We haven't been sent. We haven't been sent. We can try and donate Jordan, but I don't know if anybody will want him. You know, you're not trying. You're trying to donate me. Maybe we'll donate a Jay. That's why he's not here. Okay, I've worked out what's happened. We've donated. We've donated him back to Indonesia. Right, scratch that. We'll start that again. Somebody's bought Jay for a tenner. That's why he's not here. <laughs> it's more than we expect. More than we would have paid for him, but... The excuse was he's at work, you're not meant to reveal that I sold him. Oh, okay, he's a, he's working for the BBC. Working for the BBC. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh... Go on, John. It says here, also, if you fart consistently for six years and nine months, enough gas is produced to create the energy of an atomic bomb. I feel I could have set off a few by now. I will be back in a bit. I need to grab stuff and I need hands-free, so I'll be back in a bit, lads. We do. Nearby that. Bye. Uh, carry on, Jordan. Um, the word fart comes from the Old English for tan meaning to break wind. Four time? Um, Jordan, 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 Jordan. Oh, it doesn't matter. What? Nothing. Carry on. Does Will just come... Really? Right. Um, was it excess gas is in the intestinal is medically termed Fashulence. Termites are the largest producers of farts. So you must have termites in your arse, Stefan. <laughs> I've got an entire termite nest. <laughs> are you just a termite? I am a, I am one big termite. 
<laughs> Turd, mate. Um, hopefully, the well-known fact that farts are flammable. Yes, very. Well, that's just because it's methane. Yeah. Methane's very flammable. It's a natural gas. I'm powering the planet. Oh no, it's uh, it's not good, is it? Methane, because that's what cows do, and that's bad for the ozone. What's happening? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> on average, a person produces another half. Another meaning no more. About half a liter of fart gas per day, distributed over an average of about fourteen daily farts. Who? The average person. Yeah. Well, I reckon I can double that. You're not average. You're not average. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, although they won't admit it, women fart as much as men. Yeah, they do. If not, if not more. Definitely more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> women fart more than me. Bullshit. <laughs> Ooh, this is this is interesting. The t- temperature of a fart at time of creation is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. How does that work then? Because surely it can't be ha- ha- hotter than your body? When they fart as well as it No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't, Will. <laughs> That's a lie. You've been lied to. Um, how is it hotter than your body then? Is that a two with the... Probably when it Whoa. first releases into the air. Oh, you know what I do? You know what I do know about farts, and this isn't the fact of the internet. This is in my brain. Is that when you stuff and it breaks down, all all the the microbes that break everything down in your body, so all the bacteria. And it, okay, maybe in your own time, all all the little bacteria that uh, break you break stuff down in your body. Each creates a little bit of methane, so it creates this little bit of gas, this little fart. So the bacteria inside your fart. Then you save it till it's one big reservoir of gas. Then you do a big fart. So when you fart, it's not your fault. It's the bacteria and you got They fart. You must fart. Um, it says here, farts have been clocked at a speed of 10 feet per second. Whoa, Jordan, do maths. How fast is that? Hold on. Are you going to go do maths? I think you're Fahrenheit 37. Oh, was it in Fahrenheit? Yeah. Was it, oh, it was in Fahrenheit. Oh, I just assumed it was Celsius. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it is body temperature. So, what is 10 feet? God, imagine <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. I just thought it was 98 degrees Celsius in my head without even thinking about it. Surely that would burn your arse and set your arse all on fire as it came out. <laughs> what, 90 degrees Celsius? What? I've just joined in to burning your arse out. <laughs> Jordan said the average temperature as a fart is 98 degrees. I said, how is it hotter than your body temperature? Will said 98 Fahrenheit is 37 Celsius, so it is body temperature. And I was like, hold on. I thought it was 90 degrees. 98 degrees. So I thought farts come out at boiling point that set fire to your arse hair as it comes out. No, <laughs> I mean, we've seen your farts. <laughs> well, well, so it does What, John? It does hurt something. It does hurt burn something when you fart. Yeah, but not boiling your skin burn. 
After a good vindaloo, right? After a good curry or some Mexican food, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I eat Mexican food. I still don't think I had boiling point of water with my farts. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we've seen you. <laughs> we've met you. We know for a fact that you would probably try and put out a fire with your farts. Well, let's see if you can start one. Put out a fire? I can definitely start one. You can't put out a fire. That's flammable. <laughs> And then also, the last, last fact is, on, on average, the farts can go to about 59% nitrogen. No, you Kyle, you've been from really quiet really loud, now I can't hear Jordan. It's, Jordan's really quiet for me as well, it's because I've hooked you up to the car's Bluetooth, so I wouldn't, I, I can Hook mute say. myself and everything, but you might hear stuff like wind blowing or the engine a bit more. So I do apologize. Right. You're alright, but you just have to be aware of Jordan because he's getting cut off by both of them. <laughs> or you might lose right. signal because I'm in the countryside. I'll get back in a minute. Well, you're in the one at 98 degrees. At, at the time of creation. <laughs> Did God create the earth with a fart? Well, that's what Is that what the Big Bang was? That's what the Big Bang was. It was just a giant explosive fart. He farted too close to the sun, so Earth was made. It's why That's Bo not science, kids. It's why so many animals <laughs> produce so much methane, because we are methane. We are just one big fart in the universe. It's a different kind of explosion. Anyways. Kyle... <laughs> We are, do you know all carbon-based life forms from stars? So, I'm stardust. Stardust, Well, your fart does now. <laughs> I don't know what you just said, because I just heard your fart does now. <laughs> That's all I said, you are fart does now, because all I heard you say was, I'm stardust. No, we're fart does now. The Milky Way is just the skid mark. Oh, cut. No, it's, it's titty milk. We'll discuss this last week. Or the week oh, before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a god's titty milk. <laughs> that, that's much better, to be honest. I prefer <laughs> so that. Yeah. <laughs> it's because the Greeks won the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's, who said we aren't educational? We are highly educational, just for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Uneducational. We, we make people question their education and go and Google stuff. That's why we're educational. We don't teach them, oh. we just make them have to go and Google stuff. So, one of my favourite Latin sayings is we are <coughs> shadows and dust. We are but dust and shadows. Yes, we are dust and shadows. Yeah. We are dust, that's what I'm saying. We're all stardust. Carbon based life forms all evolved from stardust. Ugh, right. Anyway, right. People Let's move away from skid marks and farts. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep reeling you back in. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm, I'm letting Jordan continue. <laughs> Hold on, Jordan, gonna... save us from this disgustingness. No, he's going to talk about farts. Lost it. Well, Kyle, do you want to know something that isn't about farts, but is about assholes? Okay, go for it. Oh, baby, In about. Australian slang, a put-down to say someone is absolutely useless, or they can't do their job or play a sport properly, is he's about as useful as a hat full of busted assholes. 
What? A hat full of busted <laughs> assholes. Yes, as useless as a hat full of busted assholes. All babies start as assholes. Is that True. why all babies are assholes? Yeah. See, we literally, the scientific term of we grow backwards. Is that why there's so many assholes in the world? Because yeah. they just never finish growing. Yeah. <laughs> and all men are women first. Yay! Yes. That's why I'm yeah. feminine. Actually, that is why some people are feminine, because the uh, hormone levels don't change. Woo! So you grow as a female, you don't fight, you grow out of it, but you grow a dick. I like that, you don't grow <laughs> out of being a female, you just grow a dick. Yeah. That's the new definition. We're every <laughs> Feminists out there, we have always said, we do not hate you, we fully support you. Here is your new slogan, we are all but women, but men grow a dick. Kyle? Yes? Gonna use the theme of talking about dicks to talk about Bangkok. <laughs> Go for it. Because that's the best egg we have got for this. Uh, I found a restaurant in Bangkok, right, that they serve Thai food, right? Yes. It's called the, the Catron Restaurant, right? Um, and it's famous, I'm quoting from the website here, it's famous fried chickens are set ablaze and launched from a massive catapult at unicycle riding waiters who catch them on metal skewers. Can we please visit this place? I have a video of it. <laughs> but I have a video, have a video of it. Of it but send it. It's known as the Flying Chicken Restaurant, and basically if you order the fried chicken, uh, they literally set it on fire. One of the waiter puts it. One of the waiters put it in a catapult. The other waiter, who's going to serve it at the table, literally is on a small runway on a unicycle with spikes in his hands and on his head, and the catapult at Adam, and he catches it. Can you imagine oh. applying for that job? Can you imagine <laughs> getting that job? You just apply for a normal waiter job, and then you get told he has some screws, he has a unicycle. Go and ride up and down that track and catch chickens. It gets better. It gets better because um, it does say it sounds almost impossible. But the waiter's success rate is nothing short of impressive. The Catron has been operating twenty six years, and out of thousands of chickens launched in the air, only a few hundred have missed their mark. Chickens land sometimes on patrons' tables on the skewer it landed on, with the Thai flag where its head used to be. <laughs> That's some fucking accuracy. I'm slightly upset they don't use a <laughs> cannon, though. I'm slightly upset they don't use, like, a mini cannon just to instantly burn it. Yeah, but you wouldn't get as much accuracy. Yeah, it's Imagine true. Imagine a Oh. Uh, big slingshot thing. I'm certain, I'm certain it. We need the to do a world team. tour. We'll be look at it. We need to do a world tour, and we need to see this place. <laughs> yeah, if we go to Thailand, we need to go to the Cat the Catron restaurant Fucking because hell. it looks awesome. I adore uh, it. Taking off their world tour. And also, while I'm on food, this is less impressive, but more just factual, right? You know, if you go, Kyle, to a uh, like a deli and you want a sandwich, yes. right, and you get it, on, you get it on. Uh, toasted Italian bread, it's called a 
a toasted sandwich. Think of the word for it. A long flatbread. Panini. Yes. No. You're wrong, you see. It, yeah, it depends what bread it is, but I'm assuming it's just a toasted bread, toasted sandwich. No, you were right in what you said. Okay. It's just not called a panini. Is it because a panini is only a specific thing, or it's, it's like the fucking champagne where it's only from a specific no. region or some shit? It's because everybody in the world outside of Italy stole it and doesn't use it correctly, because in English speaking, we all say panini, and that's plural. That would be two. So for one, whether it's panini. cut in half or not, technically would be asking for a panino. So if you went early and asked for a panini, you get two sandwiches. Awesome. Right, I'm muting you again because I've got to get out of the car, but I'll be two seconds. Well, I'm still listening. Before you do, before you do, I will say, I have since discovered that um, if you go and ask for a panino, people do give you funny looks. <laughs> have you tried this or is this just you seeing videos? No, yes, I have tried it. They just okay, kind of wait. look at you like you're an idiot and then go get you what they would call a panini and think you've just went mental. Awesome. Right, back in a second. Awesome. Right. Uh, Jordan. Yes. What else do you have for us? Well. Do you have anything for us at the moment? Right. I'm going to. Oh, go on then. No, if you've I got wanna, something. I wanna, no, I was just going to say. Yeah. If you could. I was going to do. Facts on this day from like for for what birthdays to see what facts happened in history, what things happened in history on our on our birthdays. Do you know what I learned? What the year that my granda was born? Hold yeah. on. I'll let you go. No, I'm still searching. So go on. All right, hold on. Uh, the year that my granda was born. Um, Hitler invaded Poland. Oh. Um, also, if I go to, I'm just trying to find the day here, on his first birthday, do, 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 oh no, where was it? On his first birthday, Mussolini kicked off as well, basically. So basically, <laughs> at the time my granddad was born, World War Two was kicking off. Of course. Right around the time he was born. And so I learned the other day. Um, well, have you got facts up yet? Because I've got other things I want to talk about. Today, today in history. Right, so I'll do my birthday first. I've got a historical quote. One of my favourite historical quotes. And Kyle's going to love it. So, on my birthday... On 1498, the death of Thomas de Tokemada in Kuzada, who burned 10,000 people. Yeah. I'm going to love what? After, also, we've just been called that pod shit by me mother. That pod shit? No, that's, that's not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, Right, I'll let you do the quote for Kyle. No, go on, because I'm still trying to find it. I had it written down somewhere. <laughs> um, so... I'll start again, just in case Kyle's in here. Um, in 1498, on the 16th of September, because I'm doing facts from our birthdays. Yeah. On the day, it says the death of Thomas de Tokumada, Inquisitor, who burned 10,000 people. Um, then on 1620, Mayflower departs from Plymouth, England, with 102 pilgrims. 
1630, a mass village of Shawmut changed its name to Boston. Right. This must be an Amer- this must be American. Yeah, it seems so. Um, in um, 1662, Flamsteed sees solar eclipse first known astronomical observation. Ooh, there's been a lot of things happening. Oh, why can I not find this? Do-do-do-do. You know the film Miami Vice? Yeah. I mean, on, my birthday, on the day of my birthday. Well, not the day of my birthday, but the day that would have been my birthday. On the 16th of September. That's the last known thing in history. And apparently in 1979, there was a thing called Catfish Hunter Day at Yankee Stadium. Did they hunt catfish? Apparently. Um, then also, the Yanks beat the Red Sox for the sixth time in two weeks. Uh, Papua New Guinea gained independence from Australia in 1975. I found it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, I'm assuming Kelton's still here. Right. So, you know Alexander Fleming, who yes. discovered penicillin, yes. uh, was useful as an antibiotic. Um, there, there's a few famous quotes he had, but apparently he was a very difficult man to talk to, uh, to deal with. He was really antisocial and quite odd. Um, and apparently by one person, he was quoted as, um, the, the, the department being quoted as saying, trying to hold a conversation with him was like playing a game of tennis with someone, serving the ball to them, and then they just put the ball in their pocket and walk away. <laughs> so I'm guessing he wasn't very responsive at holding the conversation. No. Um, but when he was asked about penicillin, one of his quotes were, and this is fucking brilliant, his quotes were, he, he said, when I woke up just after dawn on September the 28th, 1928, I certainly didn't plan to revolutionise all medicine by discovering the world's, worst anti- world's first antibiotic or bacteria killer, but I guess that's exactly what I did. <laughs> Which I found hilarious because it's so like, it seems so self-centred, but he was just a socially awkward person who didn't really deal with people. Right, here we go. So events that happened on our birthdays in the US. Four months. So I'll do yours, uh, Stefan. Do mine? Yeah. I know you're okay. Who do you? I'll tell you who was Times Person of the Year the year we were born. So, pick a year. Random year. A random year. Why? For your, for your, for your, uh, for your facts about America. No, this is actually United Kingdom one. Is it? Why the fuck are revolutionaries always so chill about fucking quotes and stuff? You get random ones who are absolutely batshit bonkers, and then you get people who are just like, oh, I didn't know I was going to invent it, but oh well. No, did he hear it? It's brilliant. I, I sort of Hell. heard it. I sort of heard it, and the gist of what I heard was basically, I didn't know I was going to reinvent how medicine is done. Yeah. He, he, he basically said, 
when I woke up, I didn't realize I was going to revolution all revolutionize all medicine and antibiotics. But I guess that's exactly what I did. But that's brilliant. It's not because that's the point. It sounds like he was being so arrogant, but it was just because he was so socially awkward that he didn't really care or understand. <laughs> that's what makes it brilliant. That's why I thought you'd love it. Right, Kyle, pick a year, any year. Kyle, before you do that, do you want us to cheer you up? Because the the Pope John Paul II was personality of the year for Time magazine, right? The year we were born. But because John was born a year earlier, the person who was person of the year for when he was born was the peacemakers. Oh, Jordan, you were lucky bastard. <laughs> right, I'm going to try and click back to the laptop. Hopefully this doesn't break anything, but you should get better yeah. connection and everything. A, a pop. Apart from all the recording, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I've switched twice so far. Well, you it seems to have worked okay because it still well, yeah. recognised it as recording. It's still yeah. Kyle, so yes, no, I know, but it's it's all the different audio files at the other end. But what we should have done, we should have been smart. We should you should have set up your phone and your laptop to record, and you should have muted one while you're using the other. That would have required brains, and as we all know, I don't have any. It's not like we didn't have long to set up, but we've managed. Of course. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I don't need a year. I've just put in events. All right. Or Back in a tick. Highlights. This might be quicker. So, Stefan, mm. your, the date of your birthday, not your the date. year of your birthday, the date, mm. in 202 BC, the coronation ceremony of Lu Bang as Emperor Gazoo of Han take, took place, initiating four centuries of the Han Dynasty's rule over China. Well, you did say the year of my birthday. But I've changed it. I've put just the date. I was going to say, I was not born in 210 BC. <laughs> Kyle's here, but Kyle, can you hear us yet? Kyle. Thanks, Ashley. I'm sorry I'm breaking everything. Can you hear us now? For once, it's you, Kyle, that's breaking everything. Yes, I can Jordan. hear you. Jordan went, I've got some facts for the year of your birthday, and then went, in 210 BC, I was like, um... I wasn't born in 210 BC, but I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm not 2,131 yet. Do you want to back on the Were you 83 or 84? Yeah, bro. 84. Best year. Don't reveal my age. I'm 21. Right. In the year you were born... March 12th, the Church of England ordained its first of our 33 female priests. I wasn't born on March 12th. No, it says it's because I've got f- important events <laughs> in 1984. Take your food away, I haven't ate yet. KFC. I was professional because I knew we were going to record, so I waited until after for food. Well, you see, I, I, got a, I got a text from the mother saying, I haven't eaten all day, get us a KFC. Yeah, she didn't say get yourself on either on the podcast for you. There, you dick. I mean, she called with a pod shite. So, you don't Not share wrong. a birthday with, with him, but you share the same month of a birthday with him. I know the only with famous person. Share with. I know the only. Styles. No, fuck off. Right. I know the no, only famous no. person that shares my birth date, right? Uh, was a gangster called Bugsy Siegel who basically came in with the Irish Mafia over the Las Vegas strip. Well, here we go. There is <laughs> someone that shares the same date as you. George R. R. Martin. Hmm. 
is Jake yeah. Bogue Kennedy, British blues rock singer, songwriter, and musician born in Nottingham, England. Who was that, John? Jake the famous blues singer. Same famous British blues rock singer. I, th- I thought you said blues singer. Mm. Um, people that died on. Keep it light. Damn it. Who keeps it light? No, I want to know who died. I want to see if there's any murderers or something that died when I was born. <laughs> Do you want to know about who died? Why about? I'm here. I want to know why I'm here, why I'm so insane. I want to know if an insane asylum executed someone on the day of my birth. One, two, three, four, five, six. There were six deaths on the date of Stefan's birthday. Well, sometimes sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> Tomato sauce. Spicy meal. Sweet chilli. Chilli sauce. Well, the last emperor of China died on the new birthday. You can have all that stuff. I'm not having it. <laughs> Before you go any further, Kyle, right, or Jordan, whoever's talking to us right now, you want to know what happened? In the Canaris Lecture Theatre and Conference Room at the Manchester Museum on Oxford Road between Thursday the 25th of April and Friday the 26th of April in 2013. There was held an event called the National Cannibals Conference Programme. And I have the itinerary. Um, Thursday at 9.15 to 9.45 registration 9.45 till 10am welcome and opening remarks 10 to 10.30 session 1 cultural and cannibal encounters right so was it for cannibals or was it for people who have encountered cannibals both I think I don't know it's the it's the national it's the national annual cannibal convention um 12 11.30 coffee uh, 12 to 1.30, parallel sessions. Session 2A, Theorising Cannibal Culture. Um, then session two, Consuming Women. Con- and then one thir- so after you're consuming women, sex portion, from one one thirty to 2.30, lunch. <laughs> so two- you, you consume women, <laughs> then you have lunch. Yep. 2.30 to 3.30, <laughs> film screening and round table. Babysitting and the child cannibal. <laughs> Then cup of coffee again at half three. Then four to five, cannibalism in fiction. Five o'clock sessions end. Then go out for drinks at Crowbar. And then a conference dinner at Felcini. Then Friday, again, nine o'clock start the next day. Session four, consuming knowledge, consuming Christ. <laughs> the chair of the discussion, Hannah Priest. <laughs> okay, so the consuming knowledge, consuming Christ. I don't think consuming Christ is the right phrase turn of phrase to have at a cannibal convention? Well, the, it's a cannibal convention. The same com- consuming Christ and the chair of that speech is called Hannah Priest. So there's a priest consuming Christ. And then cup of coffee, another parallel sessions, cannibals and popular narrative. Then on serial murder in the conference room. Then That sounds like my type of conference. I want that conference. Can we go to a serial murder conference? <laughs> yes, or you're going to like it even better because then you have lunch and then when you come back at one thirty, it's session six, Empire and the Machine. Will is spamming. <laughs> oh, he's got DJ Khalid for something to do with his birthday <laughs> thing, Sagittarius, and he's saying... DJ Khalid, you dick. <laughs> DJ Khalid. <laughs> It's Khalid, isn't it? That's what you're saying. Isn't it? Uh, no, it's Khalid. I thought it was always Khalid. 
No, it's DJ Khaled. You know the oh, one that shouts well. DJ Khaled at the beginning of every song? I've never heard any of his songs. Do you have, and you hate them. I haven't, I don't <laughs> think I've heard any of his songs, honestly. I just say, I, I think I know what he looks like, because I, I think, like, he's been in the news at some point, but that's about it. Will, definitely not organised by the police to weed out cannibals. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they put up two days of itinerary, that's a lot of, uh, what do you call it, like, preparation just to trap some people. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past the police. Also, I also want just, to know. I just like the comment of you don't want to know what the mayo is in the bl- when you consume in Christ. No, I don't, Will. I really don't want to know what the mayo is. Thanks. Uh, uh, God. I've lost my trail of thought. Right, okay. Yeah, so the, Will said this is definitely not police to weed out cannibals, right? How many how how many problems have Manchester been having lately with cannibals for them to set up a fake conference? And also, I mean, DJ Khaled isn't suffering from success. He's suffering from shouting his name at the beginning of other people's songs and then taking some of their success. Isn't that basically... He's basically Mayo's copying the, Jason, no. Jason Derulo, though. D- didn't Jason No, Derulo Jason Derulo actually sang his own songs. DJ Khaled turns up at the beginning of other people's songs and just shouts him. Yeah, so it's the same sort of tactic. You shout <laughs> your name so that people know who's there. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. Yes. Do you know how you say you're not millennial? I'm not a millennial, despite the Bieber haircut. Generation, it says about... Tw- you are yeah, millennials, unfortunately, but it's better than being Gen Z. Generation, millennial. Yes. Anybody um, born in the 90s is a millennial. I might be classified as a millennial via birthright, but that does not mean I am a millennial. Yes, you are a millennial. Yeah, I'm not Right, Kyle. Yeah. There has been studies done on me. I know. No. Um. I came back confused. Oh, that have found <laughs> that there were studies found that Lego was the most painful thing to step on. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they've done studies to find out what is the most because it was close, but Lego edged it out on the upturned plug. Was apparently just second. Um. But then there was uh, tests to see what was the most painful type of Lego. Uh, and apparently, I'll, I'll skip through to the top five. Uh, number five is a plate of one by two with a vertical grip. So it's like a door hinge one with a little spike. Number four is a stalk, which is like three little spikes. Number three, mm-hmm. one by two brick. Uh, number two is a rocker baron. And then number one is the small one by one square brick. So the tiniest and most invisible, so you the can't lit- see it. The and little it's just a pure shock. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's yeah. got to be something more painful than Lego to stand on. Uh, no, because Lego was built by the devil to punish those who decided to try and I lose Lego. On. I saw so on a built- pin and then a Lego, and then I saw it. I felt the Lego more. <laughs> Pin. What about there's got to be something more? What? A really bad accident. Will there. says lava or acid. Uh, yeah, I see. Knives. Surely it would hurt more if you stood on a knife or I'm, a needle. Landmines. That would hurt I more. Un- I'm assuming it's meant to be like household <laughs> items, not magnets. You might have a landmine in your house. If you have a landmine in the house, I'm pretty sure that means you shouldn't be in the house. You should be either in an asylum or in a fucking care. <laughs> but it would hurt more than Lego if you stood on it. 
I don't, I, I don't know because Lego's a lasting pain. The landmine would just kill it. you. It would just be too. Boom. Well, no, because if you if you start if you if you just edge it, then it may just blow your leg off, and then you would get phantom pains in that leg because you would have to be amputated. Phantom Lego pains? Can you imagine that? Phantom Lego pain? What you out? You stood on Lego with your prosthetic limb, and you get phantom pains. Yeah. I feel like we might be on the border of insulting some people, so maybe we should move on. Yeah, move on. Anybody with a plus, with a prosthetic leg, please write in and let me know if you get phantom pains from Lego. And also, did you get it because you kept the landmine in your house? If yes, um, I want to hear the story behind the landmine. <laughs> Next week, I'll, I'll join in the conversation. Well, I mean... <laughs> Goodbye, John Smith. Threw his balls off with a bag of... Oh, gunpowder. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I, I missed out so... I, Right, I'm sorry, Jordan. I have to. The, I've got bizarre stories of being struck by lightning. Right, um, but one of them was, and I need to find it because I've just remembered. Come on, where was it? Uh... Will said the household item you could step on the hob. Um, <laughs> how the fuck would you step, step on, on the hob? <laughs> You're not Jay climbing on shelves and accidentally standing <laughs> on the hob while reaching for the top shelf. Well, Jay's, Jay the, the, Jay's the same height as the hob, isn't he? All oh, right. So this goes back to the me accidentally thinking that uh, your farts came out at 98 degrees Celsius. Um, We're going back to farts. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to because oh, yeah. I, I forgot I had this. So this is this is lightning stories. Jay is a hobbit. He's an Indonesian hobbit. Um, while cleaning her teeth, right, Natasha Timurovich got struck by lightning that hit her in the mouth. The current ran through her body, and normally it would go out through the person's feet, taking the path of least resistance, but she was wearing rubber-soled shoes, so instead the current went straight out of her anus, leaving behind severe burns. That's gotta hurt. Though she is the only person in the world who can say she literally had a light and fast shit. <laughs> Sophia burns on her anus. There's one. There are some amazing stories. There is um, a Tennessee farmer called Thomas Young was dying of cancer in 1932. While laying in a hammock, he got struck by lightning that went straight through his body and out the bottom of his shoes. He was... His face was left disfigured, but on further tests, the cancer was entirely destroyed. So it cured cancer. So taken off as top tip, if you've got cancer, get struck by lightning. So lie in a hammock and hold a long metal pole. <laughs> um, there was also um, in nineteen eighty, Edwin Robinson was a sixty-two-year-old man living in Falmouth, Maine, and he was struck by lightning. Um, while it is unique to be struck by lightning, lightning, what's even more bizarre is that it seemed to have restored his eyesight. Robinson was left blind from a car accident <laughs> nine years prior, and the lightning strike partially cured his blindness in his left eye. So it did a factory reset on his optics. Yeah, there's, there's loads of them like got struck by uh, fishing, got struck by this, got struck by that. What, but what, 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 we're, what we're learning here is that Thor from the Avengers should become a doctor. I mean, I can teach you some more because according to the National Office of Lightning Statistics, men are four times more likely to be struck by lightning than women because 
basically, if you narrow down the entire list of reasons to give you incentives into like layman's terms, fight? no, it's because we're more likely to do dangerous activities, we're more likely to ignore the lightning like idiots, we're more likely to carry around fishing poles and large objects despite the fact that it's a lightning storm and we're a lot slower to react to danger. <laughs> so basically, because yeah, we're dumb, okay. we don't give a. <laughs> I mean, to, to to be honest, we do have TV shows literally called Storm Chasers and stuff where they drive into storms. So, yeah, I can imagine that. Right, so you you and, could also imagine... The, the, the Florida man who always he, he always <laughs> turns up every everywhere there's like a hurricane or something. He turns up and headbangs with an American flag. He is going to get hit by lightning one day while headbanging. Yeah. Uh, no, Kyle... Right. Yes, you may imagine. So we'll, I'll I'll do it. Can you think of a more painful place to be hit by lightning, <laughs> or for lightning to affect? My left nut. Hmm. It might fix me veins. Oh right. Okay. Uh, there was a forty-one-year-old male from the small okay. East Croatian village of Petrovici has been listening to his headphones when the thunder so- when a thunderstorm started. When the lightning struck him, oh. he was wearing his work overalls, which included a high-visibility jacket and thick rubber boots as he was cycling home from work. Please Doctors... tell me the lightning hit his headphones and zapped through his brain. Doctors say that a cyclist survived being struck on the head by a bolt of lightning after the electricity missed his organs by travelling through his headphones and into his penis. How did it go through his headphones into his penis? Because the headphones would have, like, lent down into his pocket and he was sitting on a bike. So it would have went, it hit him on the head. The path of least resistance is then the electrical headphones. And then it has to go to the bike to earth to the floor because that's less resistance than a human. And his penis was in the way of the end of the headphones and the start of the bike. Do you want one, to know what's the best thing about this? Ouch, I'm assuming he's it's two. I'm assuming he's not like one of those professional ones that wears spandex because usually their phones are on the bloody arse because they've got a back pocket. Well, I don't know. He was he was just cycling home from work. He was wearing waterproof stuff. <coughs> okay, so yeah, that, that, that's ouch. Every man in the world that he has this will be holding their testes going ouch now. Yeah. Or, or Will going jizzing lightning. I've got, I've got, yeah, just like, you know, I've got, I've got a couple of good things about it, though. Passers-by witnessed the incident, and one of them told local media, we were shocked when we saw the man. He was sitting in the rain, and steam was coming out of a, of, of a personal part of it. The bicycle was next to him. We took a van, and, we took our van and drove, uh, drove him to hospital. Doctors were amazed that he was still alive. But the best thing about that, that I've just discovered, is that he was called Zoran Jerkovic. Jerkovic ain't jerking anything off in a while. Yeah, like Will says in the chat, if he does not have the nickname Thundercock now, I will be highly upset. I will be, I will be like so upset if that is not his nickname now to the locals. It should be. Oh, and, oh, here comes Thundercock on his bicycle. We'll see, hopefully it's not a storm again. <laughs> you say that, but I have found the Facebook records of the human most hit by lightning, and his nickname was Human Lightning Rod because he was called Roy Cleveland Sullivan. Right? He was nicknamed the Human Lightning Conductor and Human Lightning Rod. Right. So, his first, he, he claimed 
Right. Um, he recalled the first time he was struck by lightning was in when he was a child helping his father to cut wheat in a field when a thunderbolt struck the blade of his scythe without injuring him. Because this could not be proven, he never claimed it. But he is in the Guinness Book World Record for the other seven one times which have been proven. So his first document, do. lightning strike, was on April... <laughs> this guy is so unlucky. Was on April 1942. He was hiding from a thunderstorm in a fire lookout tower. The tower was newly built and had no lightning rod on the top. It was hit seven or eight times inside the tower. Fire was jumping all over the place. Sullivan ran out in fear and just a few feet away received what he considered to be his worst lightning strike. It burned a half-inch strip all the way along his right leg, hit his left toe, blew a toenail off, and left a hole in his shoe. He kicked a lightning... He kicked lightning, basically. Well, lightning kicked his toenail off. Thunder toe. <laughs> Thunder toe. Uh, not as good as Thundercock, but, you know, take what you can get. <coughs> He, again, was, by the way, this guy, as well as being <coughs> hit by lightning seven times, was a park ranger, so he was always out in lightning. That 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 screams quit your job and find a new profession. Yes. Surely uh, by the seventh time, at the very least. Well, you see, there's, there's well, I, don't, I don't know what point, but there's uh, reports of once uh, he should have been hit by lightning, um, so here, uh, once a storm suddenly arrived and he was out hanging close with, with his wife in the backyard, uh, lightning started and Roy hit the ground and his wife got electrocuted, but he escaped and hard. <laughs> so he learned from his lessons. <laughs> and another time, apparently, he was in the park and he was talking to another park ranger and there was lightning about four miles away in the sky and the other park ranger patting him on the shoulder went, well, see you later, Roy, and then got his pickup and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> So no one else trusted him. Right, so the second time, he was hit again in July 1969. I love the the fact his wife trusted him. She probably will never trust him again. I mean, you're going to learn. He used her to to get get the lightning. (laughs) You're going to see why, though, because he's so unlucky. So he was in that building that was constantly being hit by lightning, got just outside, got hit by lightning. But it gets worse, because this is how unlucky he is. He was hit again in 1969. What's unusual is he was in his truck driving on a mountain road. Right. Now, as you know from the structure of cars, it's a metal cage, so it is a Faraday cage. So as long as you don't touch any metal, you can't get electrocuted. Yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he had, like, something um, loose or something. Like, he, like his gastric was just pure metal. I know in some cars, they don't actually put panelling on certain parts of the car. They just paint the metal. My old yeah. Ego was like that, so... Yeah. No, is it it's, not, like that? it's not that he was touching metal. The lightning hit a nearby tree and was deflected directly into the open window. The strike knocked Sullivan unconscious and burned off his eyebrows and eyelashes and set his hair on fire. The uncontrolled truck stopped just short of a cliff edge. So it ricocheted off wood <laughs> and turned him into Hades. It ricocheted off a tree. <laughs> it gets better. It, it's, it's I never knew got... you could ricochet off a tree. Yeah, what gets better though, dude, if you listen to them? It says that his hair was set on fire, remember that, because it happens so often he gets tired of it. <laughs> Does he just shave all his hair off? In July 1970, Sullivan was struck while in his front yard. Lightning hit a nearby power transformer and then jumped onto his left shoulder, searing it. <laughs> in spring 1972, Sullivan was working inside a ranger station when he was the fourth time in... Shenandoah National Park, 
It set his hair on fire again. He tried to smother the flames with his jacket. He then rushed to the restroom, could not fit his head under the water tap, so he used a wet towel instead. Although he was never a fearful man, after the fourth strike, he began to believe that some force was trying to destroy him and that he acquired a fear of death. For months, whenever he was caught in a storm while driving his truck, he would pull over, lie down on the front seat until the storm passed. He also began to believe that he would somehow attract lightning, even if he was stood in a crowd of people, and he carried a can of water with him in case his hair was set on fire again. I mean, wouldn't you? After that yeah, many times, yeah. I would. I would just never go outside again. <laughs> right. The fifth time. Just never on, touch o- metal. on August the seventh, in seventy-three, while he was out on patrol in the park, Sullivan saw a storm cloud forming and drove away quickly. The cloud, he said later, seemed to be following him. He finally thought he'd outrun it, and he decided it was safe to leave his truck. He pulled over the truck, got out, and was immediately struck by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> Sullivan stated that he actually saw the bolt that hit him. The lightning moved down his left arm and left leg, knocked off his shoe, then crossed over to his right leg just below the knee. Still conscious, Sullivan crawled back to his truck and poured the can of water, which he always kept there, over his head, which was now on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he should be in the Guinness Book of Records for the man with his head spent most time on fire. <laughs> Probably... So, Jesus Christ! I wonder, uh, did any of them happen at night? Because the light show must be beautiful. You know when I you get static electricity so. at night and you can see the electricity. Can you imagine him getting hit by lightning light at night and just seeing it run through his body? That would be amazing. I feel so sorry for him though. Is he still alive or is is he dead now? I think he's dead now. Uh, yeah, he died in 1983, age 71, in Doobums, Virginia. Okay, worst place to live for a person like him, if it's named Dooms, but well done to him to living to that age. The, the picture he has, I don't know if you can see that, can you see the lightning mark on his hat? <laughs> I thought that was just the fold in the hat. No, it's, just, it's a lightning mark. Anyway... The sixth time, the next strike, was on June the 5th, 1976. Injured his ankle. It was reported that he saw a cloud, thought it was following him, tried to run away, but was hit anyway. His hair also caught fire. How many and times did this guy get his hair caught on fire? Every fucking time by the sounds of it. But this is the best one. The seventh. So by the seventh, you've been hit six times by lightning, and you think that's as bad as it gets. On Saturday morning, June the 25th, 1977, Sullivan was struck while fishing in a freshwater pool. The lightning hit the top of his head, set his hair on fire, travelled down, burnt his chest and stomach. He then turned to run to his car. When a bear approached and tried to steal a trout from his fishing line, he had enough strength to to encourage to strike the bear with a tree branch. He claimed that this was the 22nd time he had hit a bear with a stick in his lifetime. 22nd time he had hit a bear with a stick. So... He got. He, he's go been hit by what? lightning six times because he's a park ranger. He probably encountered a lot of bears, but he's been hit by lightning six times. He sees another bit of lightning happening, tries to get back, it hits him. Then he's like, "Oh fuck, my hair's on fire again. I need to get that kind of water out the truck." Turns around and a bear attacks him, and he fights off the bear while his hair's on fire. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that bear has balls of steel attacking a man that has his hair on fire. He, he has, has balls of steel having a hair on fire and hit the bell with a stick. <laughs> he must. He must have looked like Hades come up from the fucking underworld. 
Oh, all of the seven strikes were documented by the superintendent of the Shenandoah National Park. I wanna, I wanna know if he had hair dye or stuff like that. And you know how like different elements change fire. Like if you put it in fire, it changes the fire's color to green and blue and stuff. If you, yeah. if you've got hair dye in your hair or like a certain element in your hair, would you just burn? Would your head just burn blue or green? Because I'm assuming it would, because I'm assuming it would, because the element's there, if it's got the actual specific element that'll do it. I don't know. But, like... <laughs> Will said he's getting hit and hit best, so we don't have to. Well, the odds of struck by lightning over a period of 80 years have been roughly estimated to be 1 in 100,000. If the lightning strikes were independent events, the probability of being hit seven times within 80 years would be 1 in 100,000 to the power 7 is uh, 1 in 10 to the power 28. And that is in 80 years and he died when he was 71, so it's less than 80 years. And there weren't independent events. He was in one state, in one parker. I'm just I feel sorry for this guy. May he rest in peace. Oh, uh, I mean, and I hope to God I want. I know it's a bad thing to say, but if he's got a gravestone, I hope to God it hasn't been hit by lightning. <laughs> probably has. <laughs> it's probably you'll on just fire. Go, you'll just go there, and it's just got a scorch mark from being set on fire and hit by lightning. This dude is awesome, though. The fact he's just sitting there with a burn mark on his hat as well, and no one uh, trusted to be near him. I know. Also starting to bully gingers. <laughs> gingers burn blue. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> you could turn fire blue with copper, so redheads would burn blue. Or they'd burn black because they have no soul. No, it would burn blue as well because then it would be the Hades fire. So. Mm. Oh, that's a point. Thanks. People who have artificial limbs. Can you imagine seeing someone running down a street and they've got artificial limbs, but like one arm's made of one metal and another arm's made of another metal, so there's just this person running down a street burning three different colours of fire? What if the person had an amputated, say, a leg... Uh, and an amputated arm, but the one was older than the other, so one was made of wood and the other was made of, like, titanium. I don't think titanium burns. No, but it would melt. It would give off a glow, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's my point, but the wood would just catch fire. Will's asking why why you guys sit and fire to disable people. We're not. We're We're just suggesting that if they were to catch fire, would it be entertaining? Yeah, and also we're setting fire to pirates. You're talking to the people who Stefan wanted to build a catapult and catapult wheelchair people over walls. Okay, this was a while ago, and that's not what I said. I said, if you made some <laughs> kind of launching system, could disabled people in wheelchairs participate in a high jump, for example? <laughs> Which, would is it a jump? Which is basically just catapulting someone in a wheelchair. Well, it started because we wanted them to do long jump. Probably not that bit. Professional mourners catapult people into trees into the coffins. Well, it has to be you have to. It has to be controlled. You can't just. I think there's ethical issues with just putting a person in a wheelchair on a trebuchet and seeing how far they go. 
I mean, it it did sort of happen <laughs> in medieval time. You would just launch someone who had the plague. It was the first case of a bio- biological warfare. Yeah, no, people Kyle, yeah, you would launch someone who had the plague. I don't think the thought, that guy can't walk, therefore, if we launch him, they won't be able to walk. I don't think that it didn't work you, with all you, this ability. Yeah, but... you, you cannot tell me that in, in an era where disabilities and stuff were highly frowned upon and there would have just be, probably been beggars on the streets in most places, they would not have thought, hmm, we can make, um, we can make use of him. He can be useful for once in his life by being ammunition will just infect him with the plague right. and then catapult So, it was also plague victims' corpses that they flung. They didn't fling live people. They've just missed a beat yeah. then because the war cries would be legendary. Just, rah, rah, rah. They said lepers had bells. Lepers didn't have bells. Lepers, yeah, so I, I heard about this recently. So, lepers, um, they originally would carry bells for begging. And then they were made to wear them so that you were warned because of the thought that even if you made con- eye contact with a leper, that you could catch leprosy because that's how leprosy works. Yeah, when lepers were thought to be fine, they actually carried bells so people would give them money and give yeah. them away. Yeah, yeah, it was so begging, yeah. And then they were made to wear them because they thought it was contagious when it wasn't. I, lo- I love the fact that people think things are contagious when, when they aren't, and then people think things that are contagious aren't. I just think I I I I think I was being inclusive because are you, are you enjoying, Mama? You enjoying we're talking about launching people over walls with leprosy. I I I was being inclusive because I thought it was inclusive if that wheel people in wheelchairs could participate in the high jump uh, or the pole vault. It was a medieval biological warfare tactic. It was the first cases of biological it was, warfare because it, they had it was corpses. Like, like like plagues and leprosy and stuff. So they were just yeah. I mean, I mean, we can go and siege Anaka. That's an idea, lads. Every can't siege refu- Anaka. Right. First no, of all, nobody has every, leprosy. Every, every, no, everybody <laughs> who refuses to wear a mask for COVID, put them in a catapult, and we'll siege Anak Castle and get Anak Castle to be ours. What? What, who was seizing it from? Harry Potter? I don't think anyone's there at the minute, is there? It's a know, tourist attraction we... and you're not allowed in. Come and invade France. The people that don't have masks. Don't oh, fucking tempt me. Dad I'm still paying council tax, we should be. <laughs> well, we'll also put it's, it's how the uh, Kent strain works as well. <gasps> no! Revenge on the EU will just catapult them over the fu- over the fucking rivers just to- we'll straight towards them. We'll just catapult them over, them over the, the English channel. channel. Yeah. We'll just say, it's all right. we'll this just is what you get. We'll, we'll just catapult Boris into, the, into France. It'll be fine. It'll not. You'll start rooting tattling the school children. He's part French anyways. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he can't get himself washed and dressed in the morning. No, he's actually got French nationality. Good, take them. I'm, I mean, we don't you want can, them. You can, apply, you can apply for nationality anywhere. Stefan did the questionnaire for German nationality. Oh, I, know, right. I, I didn't. I didn't apply for German. Right, I didn't apply for German or dual nationality. I did go and see what the generalized quiz was. That was like the quiz set up to practice to pass the German nationality test, and got a hundred percent, which I didn't even revise for or mean to get. And you wonder why we call you the German. Will is actually in France now. He says he's going to wait for it to invade. We're going to come and yeah, see no. Will via invading everything that, on in between. That's why I started kicking off of France. It wasn't random. It wasn't a random outburst. It was provoked. I mean, you, you usually have random <laughs> outbursts bursts against France. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> 
<laughs> have you seen what Will said about Boris? We don't want him. I know he's got a kid in Brussels. <laughs> I used to date a girl in his school. Oh, no. Poor, poor Will. <laughs> poor Will. <laughs> Is that why you're in France now? You tried to get away, but now his dad's over there. No, Is Wolf Stanley over in France? Yeah, Stanley's no. over in France, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley wanted to, wanted to move to France just in case, like, because you Boris, in case Boris got in charge of the country. It was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Considering Boris's entire campaign was his dad going, Look at his hair! Look at his hair! How can you say no to the hair? Yeah, and then, and then was, we, people were stupid enough to elect him and he's like, Fuck, quick, to France! Even, even Stanley didn't want him as Prime Minister, so how <laughs> Like, that's gonna help. The French never help anything. Well, I'd rather deal with Boris Johnson than the French, to be honest. I, I love the fact that the French language has like five or six different ways to say surrender. No, it has it has like eighteen different ways or some shit like that. It's ridiculous. So easier to understand than Boris going, "We're doing this. We might be doing this. No, we're not. We're doing this. No, no. I'm sorry. Wrong day. We're doing this now." Yeah, that's a good point. French probably is easier to understand than Boris. Is that why Boris is so hard to understand? He's half French. There are seven different words for surrender in the French language. Seven different words. Seventeen. Oh, seventeen. Will said he remember two. Yeah, I'm I'm in a school, so every time he goes go to work, don't go to work. I'm just sitting there going, I'm still at work. I'm never not going to be at work. But you keep on telling the kids not to come. Make your mind up: are the kids at school or not? No, no. Preferably no, because the amount of times you hear on on the radio going "Code Black, Code Black." And then they get there, and it turns out it's nothing. It's just a kid faking it. Or, I, I have, like, I have found, I have found a thread where they're discussing the seventeen different words of surrender in French, and some somebody went, "The Germans only have one, but it does have like three thousand syllables." <laughs> well, is that so right that they can now, never I actually say it? <laughs> I don't know. By the time they've finished oh. saying the the word surrender, the person's already attacked them because they think it's a threat. Oh no! Right, if I'm about. It literally sounds like. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> Everyone knows what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, good point. Oh, I want to hear Ramstein sing that sing surrender now. Kyle or somebody might have to open this on Facebook. On Facebook. The uh, and then you might have a screen share, but. No, Will. The Japanese have two, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. (laughs) Will, were you here for the episode where I was talking about the guy who survived both bombings in the same... Like, he was at both bombings and survived them both. Kyle? Should should I... The the records state there was, like, over a hundred people that have survived the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki that were there. Like, there's loads of people that have done it. It's just, like, only a couple have been at both sites. Yeah, but he was at work and, and when the first one dropped, and then he got taken to the hospital, home. and then he went, he was like, no, I'm going home, so he went back home, and then got hit by the second one. Uh, no, Kyle, I'm about to send you something, which you can then open in screen Can I open share. it in, is a, okay, screen share, okay. You can open it in screen share. I'm just about to put Will <laughs> on behalf of Japan. <laughs> 
Ah, I like. <laughs> Screen. Sorry, Will. But, you know. Will he worked out how to screen share. There we go. It's a traditional weapon right there. It is a traditional weapon. And as you can see, Japan doesn't have a word for surrender because they've got swords. <laughs> Japan's word for surrender is seppuku. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, technically. It's honourable It's honorable surrender. By killing it's not yourself, really so surrendering because the point... You don't actually kill... Yeah. It's not really surrender because uh, the point is you don't surrender. You'd rather kill yourself and die a hero's exactly. death. The best way of surrender. It's like whenever I play Total War. I play to I play Total Total War in a way of we will all die here today. I am going to take down as many of you as possible. <laughs> will so you might have been defending yourself? You know what he's just he's went. Did you know that in eighteen forty eight the French flag was just a white flag? That's not helping your argument, mate. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I know. It's, it I know I it's an actual fact. I know it's an actual fact. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it suits them. Yeah, it suits you. Look good and white. Wasn't, wasn't that because they were in between changing flags from like being a colony or some shit, so they, it, end, they didn't know what to have? It just saved them from ever having a war because when people turned up, they knew they'd already surrendered. I'm sure it was something to do with. I'm sure it was something to do with there was a country that had the similar co- co- colors. Which country has the similar co- similar colors? They were under their rule, and then they separated, and basically all they did was rotate the flag. But for a while, they just had a white flag because they didn't know what to do. And then they just decided, okay, we'll, we'll the French flag, the same colours and just rotate it or something. The French flag sideways, the Dutch flag. Yeah. There's another one that's opposite colours. Ah, the temporary republic. It was the flag of the temporary republic. Fair do. The temporary republic. They didn't have much faith in themselves, I, did they? I just, I, I just know that there is one country where the, they were under someone's rule and when they were deciding what flag to have, all they did was rotate the flag. They were just just went, fuck it, we'll like the colours, we'll just rotate it. And that'll work. Can I resume an argument? Yes. With you? Yes. Always. German Please flag, resume an argument. The German flag has gold in it. It has gold. yellow in it. It's gold. It's gold. It's gold. It's gold. Look it up. It's gold. It's not, it's gold. <laughs> it was originally yellow and then it changed to gold because they thought they would make themselves look rich. It's still the same, but, but it's nobody, gold. <laughs> but nobody, nobody allows See, them to say it's gold. gold. Will gets it. It's yellow. It's gold. Yellow. It's gold. It's yellow. This is going to be the entire episode for the next it's half black, an hour. Red it's and yellow. Gold. <laughs> it's gold. It's yellow. <laughs> oh, hold on then. We are children here, by the way. Um, <laughs> f- I'm just going to ch- try yeah, that. Yeah, it's gold. It's not gold. Kyle? I just Googled it. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly, John. If we just, if you'd like to just, uh, the flag of Germany it's here. Offic- 
is a tricolour consisting of three equal horizontal bands displaying the national colours of Germany, black, red, and what's our third word, Kyle? Gold. Yes, however, we've done this topic before a while ago, and we we have also (laughs) said, if you scroll down a bit, it does mention yellow, and it it does also mention that saying it's yellow is a big insult to Germany, so it is yellow. It does. It's not yellow. It's gold. <laughs> don't be insulting. <laughs> yeah, don't. Insult German. Well, fine. He's the German. We can insult him. Not the part of the Belgian flag. That's interesting. I think it's just yellow because they're not as good. Belgian Belgium was only created like a few years ago, wasn't it? Isn't Belgium not the same colours as um, Germany, but just like opposite weight? <laughs> A few years ago. Well, it only exists basically because we didn't want the Germans to get carried away again. <laughs> yeah, no, Belgium. Belgium is the national colours of Belgium are black, yellow, and red. Because it was around before the first world. Uh, I will. I will say. I will say. I'm. Pr- I can't remember if it was Belgium or somewhere else. But Britain tried to solve gain ties with them and be friendly, so we get, we gifted them a bit of land that was rich in some produce which gets like loads of money on a market and stuff like that. And then in return they gifted us basically a swamp land. Well Belgium. So I don't know if it was Belgium, I think it was a different country. <laughs> but it was like, it, it was we'll like we, and, we we'll gifted see, them. We'll see, and it's a dumb country that should barely consider it, considered as a motorway junction. But a lot of people who live there will do, for some reason, think they're French. Oh, yeah, yeah. Charge the tablet. Oh, yeah, it's fully charged. You've never seen Parvo. I've seen Parvo. Um, yeah, Parvo's Belgium. I'll, I'll find out the name. So, do you know uh, that Belgium. That, that's a good point. It's not That's Belgium. a very good point. What? Lucy's just put the best point forward, and it's that Poirot is Belgium, is Belgian, so that I can now accept okay. Belgium. Belgium I, is now okay no. in my books because it's got Poirot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, turn Although that around. So sound French every single time. When, when Hercule Poirot was created by Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie absolutely hated him and actually wanted to write them out of her books and novels because she fucking despised them. And when she eventually did it, he got front-page news on the New York Times because Hercule Poirot had died. And when she died, she barely got an obituary. She fucking hated her best character. That is a pro- Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Sherlock. Yeah, exactly. In Rennick Falls, but the country had a massive... Hit out Kick off. <laughs> yeah, I mean Sherlock was also a cocaine addict in the originals, and they did actually have to release. A, I can't remember if it was one of the books or a comic or something, but it literally dictates where it it sort of shows that um, it was after cocaine became known as bad for you, and it showed Doctor Watson basically weaning. Sherlock off it with like the whole the storyline was basically Sherlock every once in a while would ask him for cocaine and Dr. Watson would be a doctor and say like no and we're weaning you off and all that sort of stuff so the storyline of Sherlock is he was addicted to cocaine and used it to help his mental mind like in the one TV series he uses nicotine it used yeah. to be cocaine and then the ended like up, cocaine's more effective. Once, once cocaine became bad they had to 
wean him off so that people wouldn't follow in Sherlock's footsteps and try and take cocaine to be like Sherlock. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Only humans could just have a nicotine spot before cocaine. Well, I'd, it's just everything. Everything's bad. I do apologise. I didn't mean to talk about Lucy. I'll, no, it's fine. I like I like opium. <laughs> uh, I've never I've, I've never had opium, but I like I I love it in TV shows where you just see opium dens and you see <laughs> was... and stuff, and it's like. <laughs> and Will said Will said it was the nineteenth century Szechuan sauce. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, can I move from Belgium to another country that's only existed ten minutes? Uh, certainly. So you know how America is full of idiots? <laughs> yes. Right. Um, do you know that in Kansas, there is the home base of... Are you ready? So there's a museum in Kansas, right? And it is the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things. So it's mod- It's the largest collection <laughs> of the smallest versions of the largest things. Yeah, yeah so, so the, the find out if... Yeah, so they find out if something is the largest thing of, so say, the largest table or something like that in the world. And yes. then they then go and verify it. Then they make the smallest possible model they can of it, and then they put it in their museum. That sounds like our way of doing a museum, honestly. At least efficient. I suppose they'll, 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 have lo- they'll be making the most efficient use of the space, because you if the, everything's so small... You can have an entire museum on one wall. But also, how do you know if it's the world's if it's the world's smallest version of the world's largest thing? So chair, then it would just be a very small chair. You'd be like, oh yeah, well, how's that? I'm, I'm assuming it's chair? thing. It, I'm assuming it's things like the world's largest toilet is like a gold. Wasn't it like a gold plated massive fuck off toilet? And they've probably just made a smaller version, and they'll they'll have like facts. About the original, I'm assuming it will be like an educational thing for the original without having to go go and see the original. Uh, yeah, but it'll have to be under a microscope, so it'll be like it'll have to be detailed, but under a microscope. I mean, if you, so can, you can't just skimp on it, if, you've got to do it perfectly. If you can get it to the point where you need to look underneath the microscope, <clears> I think you're doing a job well done. Because of the details. I've I've found something even better. It's in a van. It's, of course it's in, it's in a van. It's in a van. It's just in the van. So every ten people will just disappear. Apparently it started as a joke. So it was on April April Fool's Day 2018. It was a storefront in downtown Lucas. Um, the collection was housed in the roadside roadside sideshow expo and was open by chance or by appointment uh, your chances are better on the weekends and it's worth going by even if you don't have an appointment if nothing else you can look through the window so it was a total piss take and then they started taking seriously probably because they started getting money from her so they went okay let's just make this the job I, d- I don't know what's going on here oh, I love it. it's my type of museum just random stupid shit. Uh, right. Hold on. It is coming up nearly time to end, I think, because I, I don't know if we've been on... Actually, 
popping messaging? Have we been going two hours or three hours nearly? Oh, do we only have time to talk about fox tossing? I feel like it's nearly three hours. You can talk about fox tossing, but it'll be like the last topic. Because I think we've been going three hours. Because I think we've basically decided this this one's going to be... I feel like we'll have. I feel like we started at eight. Oh, no. Yeah, if we started at eight. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Oh, wait. We're on time. (laughs) Roughly. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, My brain's not working for math. It's because the clocks went forward. There's a book called Fox Tossing, Octopus Wrestling, and Other Forgotten Sports. Uh, by Edward, Edward Brook Hitchens and it is awesome so I've found some of the forgotten sports I, I want to see someone octopus wrestle one of them, number 10 so this is these forgotten sports is called Barking Off Squirrels is that literally where you just try and scare a squirrel by barking at it It's. I'm afraid it's worse than that it's nastier so it is. It was a type of squirrel hunting popular in America in the late 18th and early 19th century. It was created in the backwoods of Kentucky and popularized by renowned frontiersman Daniel Boone, um, who was famous for his marksmanship. The goal was to hunt squirrels, but not by shooting them. Instead, hunters would shoot the bark just below the squirrels. The impact was strong enough to shatter the bark and create a concussion blast powerful enough to kill the squirrels. For trophy hunters, it was it had the added bonus of leaving the squirrel's skin intact. Okay, so it's a highly inhumane... I don't know if that would be classed as inhumane or mm. humane, because you're not actually hitting it, but you're killing it by fucking Sonic Wave. Yeah. And then impact of it hitting the floor, I'm assuming, if it's falling out of a tree. It, it says, uh, the practice of barking, barking off squirrels occurred at a time when the woods of Kentucky were filled with squirrels. Regular squirrel hunts were so frequent that it wasn't uncommon for hunting parties to kill thousands of them in a single day. The most successful hunter was not the best shot, but the guy who could reload the fastest. So presumably for a shit shot, they just shoot the squirrel anyway. No. Yeah. Obviously we've talked about the horse long jump. The horse long jump, of course. Um, turtle racing. Squirrels can survive terminal velocity, yes, they can. Turtle racing. Yeah, they used to bet money on it. Yeah, turtle I, I, I can imagine that. I like the idea of that, but it would be a very slow sport. Well, it is still about a day. Yeah. Um, so nowadays, right, I'll place I've, a bet, fuck off for your day. Come back for a start, end. I'm just going to say I've taken up massive issue with this, but I'll explain at the end. Right, so nowadays, uh, turtle racing is a fun activity for kids that you can find at county fairs. The participants huddle up in the centre of a circle, let the turtles loose, the creatures wander around until one of them makes it out the circle and is declared the winner. But a hundred years ago, right, it was dying turtles. It was dying turtles. Giant turtles. Oh, giant turtles. I thought you said dying turtles. I thought I thought it was no. like you, you it seriously injured a turtle and then you would see who could fall apart first. <laughs> no, no, no. And then you it would was... try and save the one that would. No, it was giant turtles. And they were used in a genuine straight line race. Crowds of excited spectators watched impatiently from the sides, just like they would at a horse race. And the turtles even sometimes had small children riding on them like jockeys. That sounds amazing. Yeah. A giant turtle with a small. Uh, but I have I have a lot of issues with this. So, it's a turtle race, and there's a picture. 
of just a, a turtle stand there, the turtle race, right? Yeah. That is a fucking tortoise. It's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all over again. It's the on land. It has four feet. Though, it's a fucking tortoise. It's not turtle racing. It's tortoise racing. Well, yes, okay, if you want to be technical, it's tortoise racing. But back in those days, they wouldn't have known the difference. Or they wouldn't have cared for the difference. <sighs> what about eel pulling? I'll throw it back. What about what? Eel what? Eel pulling. Eel pulling? Yes. That just Snail... sounds like a bad euphemism. Snail raisin does exist, Will, but not in France because they usually eat them before they get the finish line. <laughs> uh, eel pulling, it, says it, it starts with, it shouldn't be surprising to find out that human beings weren't always concerned with the welfare of animals. <laughs> um, but, but we certainly wouldn't have let it get in the way of a good time. Such was the case with eel pulling, a practice that was popular in the Netherlands of the 19th century. There were two basic forms of the sport, one which was a classic tug of war, but the rope was replaced with a live eel. Which is brutal. as fuck. It's brutal, but slippery as fuck. The eel was soaped up to make it more slippery, and the two teams would pull ferociously at each end of the doomed animal. Oh, dude! Kyle. Yes. There's an even the other version of eel pulling involved hanging the eel from a line dangling over a canal. Players had to jump and take down the eel while passing through the canal in a boat. Eel pinata while at the sea. <laughs> you basically you were on a boat as the eel as you went past the eel, you had to jump and try and get it. Um, this That's version of the sport, which was more popular, was more entertainment than sport. Spectators would laugh at the participants who often ended up in the canal. It's Takeshi's Castle, Victorian edition. I'm going to read you a sentence that I never thought I'd have to to read in my life. The biggest eel-pulling hotspot was Amsterdam. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that is a surprise (laughs) to no one. Uh, The game was so popular that people kept playing it even after it was outlawed. (laughs) Trying to stop the Dutch enjoying their eel-pulling had dire consequences as the people of Amsterdam found out on July the 25th, 1886 a police officer ended a game of eel-pulling in progress by cutting the line, which triggered the eel riot of 1886, which resulted in 26 deaths and 100 injuries (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (coughs) That is fucking mad Oh, dear God. <coughs> I want to bring eel pulling back. Can we make that sport again? Eel, no, there's a, well, there's there's an English one called cockshying. <coughs> cockshying. Cockshying, also known as cockfuring, was a blood sport practice throughout most of England up until the 18th century. Right? And if you're looking at the name and thinking, that is cruel because people threw rooster as far as they could, you can relax because it's not that. Okay. Okay. Is it literally some something's cock? People threw things at a rooster until they killed it. <laughs> Specifically, they threw light-weighted sticks called <laughs> cockstills. Lacking a cockstill, regular cudgels would do. This tradition was associated for centuries with Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Day. However, cockshine was frequently practiced at pubs just for the fun of it and for the chance of winning a rooster. The bird would be taken outside, tied to a post with a few feet of freedom so it could evade incoming sticks. Players would throw their 
Coxtals at the rooster, and spectators would bet on the outcome. If a player hit the rooster without killing it, he was allowed to try to grab the dazed bird before it recovered. If he succeeded, he could take it home. As with eel pulling, there was an attempt to ban cockshying that also went poorly. In 1660, on the day before Shrove Tuesday, the practice was banned in Bristol. The next day, a riot broke out. The rioters threw dogs and cats at the mayor's house in protest. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> what the fuck it. is going on? I absolutely adore it. Good old British sense of humour. <laughs> it is. Uh, and then there's a few of them, but we'll move on. Um, well, I think I think we're going to basically end it. So if you yeah. can just do like a couple more, or well, if you've got I'm, like any, know, if you can see any that are interesting, but... I'm going to move on to the last one of fox tossing. Fox tossing. So we've had 17th... eel pulling, eel pulling, <laughs> cock throwing, and now fox shying. Cock shying. Sorry. Fox tossing. This is probably even worse than the cock one. To be fair, back in the 17th and 18th centuries. When Europe's aristocracy wasn't busy hunting foxes, they were flinging them into the air in a game known as fox tossing. It was typically reserved for the upper classes and was usually performed at big events because fox tossing required a lot of preparation, a large enclosed area and dozens if not hundreds of animals. The game was played in pairs. Each member of a team would stand at the opposite side of the enclosure and would hold a sling lying loose on the floor. Foxes would then be let loose into the enclosure when one ran over your sling, both players pulled as hard as they could in order to throw the fox in the air. The winner was the team that achieved the greatest height. The reported record for the practice was seven and a half metres or 25 feet. Don't let the name fool you. Foxes were not the only unwilling participants in the game. Other critters were happily used when foxes were not available. In fact, at a famous fox-tossing event held in Dresden, almost 700 foxes were used with over 500 hares, 34 badgers, 34 wild boars, and 21 wild cats, and three wolves. The sport was often dangerous for all involved because the scared animals would would often attack players. I feel sorry for the people who had to compete with someone throwing a wild cat by throwing a wild boar. I thought, I did, you know, no, because the idea, dude, is that there's a big, like, a football field, and you would stand on the touchline with, a, like, a loose bit of cloth between you. And if an animal ran onto our bit of cloth, we would both pull at the same time and try and fling it as high as we could, and the animals would run round. I, I know, but can you imagine if... Um, but, you know, for a fact, there would be some unlucky souls who only got the big animals and didn't get the little ones, so just yeah, lost but, because they didn't get the what, nice what gets me is <coughs> the aerodynamic animals. Seven hundred foxes, five hundred hares, right? Twenty-one wild cats. Maybe not the best because they're probably going to be a bit bitey, right? But then what I don't get is thirty-four badgers. Badgers are really fucking aggressive and powerful for the size. Right, so that's going to injure people. Thirty-four wild boars again, really aggressive and powerful, yeah. and heavy. Three wolves. <laughs> I'm guessing wolves just saw all the food and decided to join in. <laughs> Probably immediately regretted it. <coughs> so yeah, ran off with tails between the legs. <sighs> we were brutal. Right, shall we end it here then, chaps? Yes. Yeah, I think we're at the okay. end. So, thank you very much for listening. Uh, sorry that we've had me bouncing in and out, but hopefully Stefan and Jordan have been entertaining you guys. Thank you very much to the person who donated the... Well, I don't know if donated, or I, I'm sure that's the right word. Uh, the £10. If we can't check the statistics at the moment, so we don't know who you are, so if you want to come forward and give a message on Facebook or something, let me know who you are. 
that would be fantastic because if you want us to actually name you we can if you want to stay anonymous if you want you can uh, find a topic that you think's interesting and then once we receive the message and everything and uh, down to it we can talk about your topic so you get to dictate a topic for us yes but if thank you, you. But yes, thank you very much. We're one step closer, ten pound closer to being a little bit more professional. <laughs> <laughs> no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. The, uh, the social media links will be all around. You can go to takenoffair.com and have a look there. It's got all the links to all different stuff. We're on every podcast site. So ch- come and check us out. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Stefan looks like he wants to say something. I do. I've just looked in our chat and uh, Will's talked with a producer and has just yeah. asked what's happening. And then that he got, I'm just waiting on Kyle to let me know when they're finishing up. And the reply Will put was, cool, they're almost done. Just talking about competitive animal torture. Yep. <laughs> of course. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we will see you all, see you, and uh, well, we won't see you, but you'll see us, and you'll hear us talking absolute Might bullshit and bollocks and nothing One next day. time. Bye! Bye! Bye? <laughs> Bye? 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 We're still here. Bye? 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 Bye. Hello? I've got a